so fucking annoying. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and this is producer Corey. He's back. He is no longer Rip Van Winkling it. He is alive and well, awake, and we are back with some picks today. We are going to start off with No, we're going to start picks. off with a fuck you. Who actually knows who Rip Van Winkle is? The only reason I know who that is is because of how many times I've driven through upstate New York in the Catskills, and I've been like, what the fuck is Rip Van Winkle? <laughs> Not well, a I just hit you. I hit you with it. So yeah, everybody you guys go can look all... that up because it's a stupid folklore tale about God knows what. He slept for years. Yeah, and what is that? Beard. There's nothing bigger than the story. It's just he slept. The only thing bigger Not than the story is his nothing. beard. Nothing. No, he just fell asleep. But Bad fucking story. Glad at least Corey's not Rip Van Winkle. So, but we're gonna start off with these picks because now, like, it's longer than sixty seconds. But we are gonna hit you with these two NBA picks for the week. Uh, we are gonna be taking the Indiana Pacers plus one and a half against the Washington Wizards on Wednesday, and the Denver Nuggets plus five and a half against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we'll come back on the analysis for this in a little bit. But we're going to talk about the trade deadline today. We're going to talk about some of the fallout of that, what the betting implications of these things are. And we're going to talk NBA All-Star Weekend. And I am obsessed with the three-point contest, and I handicapped it so much. So I'm going to break that down for you, give out my best bets for the All-Star game. And before we get going, though, I want to let everybody know, if you've followed me on the Twitter machine, uh, we are running a giveaway, actually. So uh, if you want to hop in the Discord, it is the Sharp Sharks Discord. It is on my Twitter. The link is in my bio. And basically what we're doing is we're going to be giving away an NBA jersey. So you, these are the things you have to do. You're probably already following me. You might be following one of our other recurring guests, uh, you know, from the Oddscast, but he's going to be coming on soon, uh, Matt DeLeo. Uh, so you got to follow him. And then you got to follow this podcast, Cash That Podcast. And finally, just join the Sharp Sharks Discord. I try to talk there, so it's a little bit of a way to communicate with me. You can see my analysis of my picks like as I'm doing it in real time. And uh, Matt's a good hockey better, so you get some of that. And uh, I, I at everybody with my official plays of the day, so you're not going to miss anything. And uh, you can couple that with following me on the Action app. So uh, there's a lot of stuff. And the only thing you have to do is correctly guess the all-star game MVP. And uh, that will put you into entry to win. And we're going to pick one winner based on the correct answers. So, uh, you know, you're probably already doing this anyway. So why not just retweet, like the tweet, and uh, pick a winner for the all-star game. So what we're going to do is uh, I'll come back to those odds. I'll give you my pick and like who I think might win. But I'm going to talk about the trade deadline. And there is nothing bigger than... Benjamin Simmons being traded to the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden. I decided to light my Twitter mentions on fire this morning um, when I just decided to, you know, talk about Benjamin and what his mental health situation was. And I think that this is an important thing. I'm going to producer Corey can maybe weigh in a little bit on this, but my whole thing with this is it's not our spot really to talk about his mental health. Like we don't really know what he was going through. Um, and I, I understand that some people are saying, oh, well, it, there's a timing of it and this, that, and the other thing. You know, I, I just think that it's marginalizing and minimizing the concept of mental illness that is already, you know, put 
on the back burner in this country and is not really taken seriously enough. So I, I think that you really need to think before you speak about this and you say like, oh, well, like he's not suffering. Like he isn't, he was in a toxic work environment there. Like people just did not, people were blaming him. Uh, they were gaslighting him for really the whole situation. Like I could totally see why, you know, there were, there were some issues there. Um, so, you know, if you want to check out my whole thread, you can see that and my replies in the comments, but uh, I, I think that it, it's a tough situation. I mean, it's nice. Like he gave his, uh, his press conference today and I'm sure like they threw him some softball questions there, but uh, one of which was, you know, for all the people questioning my mental health, like you should just be happy that I'm smiling. And I think that that's something that, you know, is, is worth talking about and is worth mentioning here. And it's, it's good that he's out of there, but I think from a basketball perspective, this is good for both the Nets and for the 76ers. Um, so my thoughts here, I don't know if Corey has anything that he wants to say about the mental health uh, concept here or the mental health issue, but uh, I'll, otherwise I'll get right into the basketball of it. I'm not going to be, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not the uh, devil's advocate guy here is going to be like, well, he's a professional athlete and he's being paid to do it. You should just suck it up. If you're not happy, be happy. Make yourself happy. Figure it out. Go see a therapist. We're back. So uh, the thing about this that I like from a basketball perspective is, look, the Nets, the Nets just like were, there were some issues there. And one of the problems with the Nets is that they were just really aren't play, playing any defense. And, you know, Kyrie Irving's part-time player. Maybe we'll see some of the laws change and he'll get to play some more. But look, Simmons is 25 years old. He's an all-star. He just averaged 14.3 points, 7.2 rebounds, 6.9 assists, nice, and 1.6 steals last season. He's a facilitator. He's a lockdown defender. He gives you some length. I could totally see like a really interesting lineup of Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, if he comes back, uh, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, slash Andre Drummond. Um, we'll, we'll see which of those three bigs stays there really in Brooklyn between Aldridge, Drummond, and Nick Claxton. Uh, you never know if somebody gets bought out at some point. But look, he's under contract for the next couple of years. He's 25 years old. He's a defensive chameleon. Um, I think this is a great pickup for the Nets, especially considering the fact that James Harden's contract is going to be astronomical next season, $47 million. Like We'll talk about how great James Harden is in a minute. But I think that this works for the Nets because they really needed somebody else to, you know, step up, play a little bit, play a little bit of defense here and not like he Ben Simmons is going to demand the ball, which is, you know, something that's a little bit different from uh, it's or it's the same really as James Harden. But the thing that's different about him is he's not really a score first option uh on offense. He he's a, more of a facilitator. Like he scores, but he's more of a facilitator, he's more of a table setter. And I think that based on some of the conversations that I've been hearing where, you know, Kevin Durant wanted this like free-flowing offense and like that's kind of about what Kyrie Irving's been saying, he's, you know, it's like basketball's my art, whatever. Um and Harden wanted to play a lot of iso ball. And that I think Simmons is a little bit more of a fit in that regard from a basketball perspective. 
uh, he, he's a facilitator. He's gonna, he's looking to pass, like he's looking to set up his teammates. And I, I could see him really like excelling in this role surrounded by, you know, Irving Durant, Harris, Mills, Seth Curry, you know, even LaMarcus Aldridge has been a great shooter this season. So I, I think this could really open up the paint for him and help and help his teammates here. Now, from the 76ers perspective, you just got James Harden, and this is a win. I think that one of the things that I, I want to give him pushback on is that, like, a lot of people are praising Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, in my opinion, like, he got lucky on this. Like, I think that the trade for – I think that what the trades that were maybe on the table that revolved around, like, De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton uh, were were better trades like at the time like they weren't better trades but they were they were trades that like should have been strongly considered and i think that he basically got lucky in the fact that like harden became disgruntled and harden's like his guy like he maury loves harden um and that's not necessarily something you can plan for uh you know we talk about it a lot like superstars get disgruntled they ask for trades whatever but I, th- I think that that was, you know, that was about as good as you possibly could have gotten because they were waiting for Beal, they're waiting for Dame, they're waiting for whatever, and like it just never came, it never happened, and then all of a sudden Harden kind of fell into his plate. So the thing about Harden is he obviously makes his team better. They were not playing Ben Simmons, like, and Harden is basically going to replace Seth Curry minutes. Like Seth Curry, S Curry, uh, is a great basketball player. He's excellent. He's a great shooter. Um, one of the best shooters in the league, really, but it's James Harden. James Harden is at worst a top 10 player in the league when he's like actually wants to play basketball. And you add him to Joel Embiid, and now you just have this insane tandem. The only problem with Harden is we're going to have to see how he meshes on the floor. We're going to have to see like the level of defense that he can still play. And, you know, there, some people have been given pushback to like, oh, well, like now you're tied to this albatross of a contract. Like you need to pay him. He's going to be like 47 million next year. He technically hasn't opted in yet. He's expressed that he wants to opt in for next year, but he hasn't opted in yet. So, I mean, that's, you know, concerning, I guess. But they're good. Like they're really good. And they, they, they belong being like one of the title favorites to come out of the East. But the thing that I'm concerned about is – you lose Simmons, you lose that defensive versatility, and you basically have this team. It's going to be Harden, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. And, you know, Tyrese Maxey can contribute. Matisse Thibel has his role. But I'm not there yet in terms of saying I think that they're going to come out of the East. I think that maybe uh, I, I still am a Bucks stand in that regard. I think that the Bucks are uh, still the team to watch in the East. But I, I do think that this obviously improves the 76ers and makes them a better team. And if you don't think so, I think that that's crazy. Like Harden, Harden is going to ball. You saw him not like not really miss many games uh, with his tenure at the, with the Nets. And, you know, he was the one that was really playing the majority of the time. Like he was the one that was on the court he, with injuries to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, not playing them playing only some of the games. And I, there's not really a timetable for, Durant to return right now um so you know I think him getting out of there he wasn't happy and this is going to be a good opportunity for the 76ers to really climb in the standings um I I like the move I think it makes sense from a basketball perspective for both teams and you know the window on Joel Embiid we're we're not really sure how long it's going to be you know he's a big dude he's had some significant injuries and you got to capitalize on that when you can so I think that going for Harden going all in 
made a hundred percent sense. And I, I really do like the move for both teams. I think it made both teams better, uh, at least in the immediate. So the other big trade is my boy, Tyrese Halliburton. I got on my soapbox last week and I talked about this, so I'm not going to go over it like too, too much. But one thing that I have noticed with the Indiana Pacers, and we will talk about this in a little bit, is that they, uh, they've seen a significant uptick in their pace with Tyrese Halliburton at the helm. He is, you know, he's playing right now. Malcolm Brogdon's still out. I think that he's going to ball. And the thing about Halliburton is the Pacers have changed their pace from about 97.5 up to 99.7 or so. And that doesn't sound like super significant. But that's at least two more possessions per team on average per game, basically. And that takes them from like 21st in the league to 10th. If you, if you take that pace and correlate it out over the season. So, uh, you know, we're recording this obviously Tuesday night. So these numbers might be a little bit skewed since they play the bucks tonight. Uh, but look, the Pacers are going to play faster. It's better for props. And Halliburton is going to ball in Indiana. Like they want him there. He wants to be there. And I think that they're going to play a lot of three guard lineups with him, Brogdon and Chris Duarte uh, once they both get back from injury. So he's that dude and he's going to be excellent. Um, another team that I want to talk about is the Boston Celtics. They got, I can't believe that they got Derek white for literally nothing. Like that was an outstanding trade for them because it kind of takes, I think it's going to really help them in the clutch. The Celtics were one of the worst teams in the clutch so far this season. And the clutch is defined by uh, five points or less within the last five minutes of the game. And part of the problem for the Celtics is they were playing a lot of hero ball with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Derek White's a true point guard. He's replacing Dennis Schroeder, which is significant uh, because Dennis Schroeder has a lot of defensive deficiencies. And they're, I think they're going to be not only better, but they're going to be able to, he's going to be able to distribute the ball, get the ball to who needs to have it at the end of a game. Uh, and you're not going to be seeing like Marcus Smart trying to run point. So I like this a lot. I think it's a great trade for the Celtics who already have like the best defense in the league over the past couple of weeks, if not past, like about the past month or so too. So I really, I really like this. I really like this trade for the Celtics. And I think the Celtics, our dark horse in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I, I'm not opposed to opening up a futures position on them. If you have some free bets from the Super Bowl, I know producer Corey was telling me about some of those that he's got. So uh, I like that trade. And the thing is, it's going to open up a lot of minutes for the Spurs too. Um, DeJounte Murray is insane. He's a freak. And like he's doing stuff that like Magic Johnson was barely doing in his prime. Uh, so I'm not going to say that he's going to be Magic Johnson, but he's looking awesome there. And the other thing is it's opening up minutes for Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell. And these guys are going to be, I think, cash cows in the props market. Uh, I'm going to be looking to take their points. I'm looking to take their rebounds. And I think that these are great spots for both of them. Um, so in that regard, the only other team that I want to talk about here is the, well, it's two teams really. And it's the Washington Wizards and the Dallas Mavericks. So the Mavericks decided that Chris Stapps Porzingis was not the answer to pair for somebody with Luca. So this trade by the Knicks, I got to say, Corey, our Knicks, like, I think we won this trade as bad as we are right now. I'll admit that this was probably the best thing we could have done. Also from a PR perspective at the time it happened, also pretty good for us. 
Yeah, like this has just gotten, it's getting better and better. And I'm happy about it. Uh, so, look, he's not cleared to play yet. He probably won't play till after the All-Star break. But when he does play, Porzingis has actually been pretty good, um, at least in an advanced metric stage. But that's the thing, when he plays. So we're going to be seeing a lot of Kyle Kuzma on the Wizards. And Kuzma, I hope you guys hit that the other day. We gave out his triple-double at 75-1. to 1. That was a big payout. So um, he's going to be he's going to be looking for those opportunities. I think maybe he's an assist guy now, and that's something that we want to try to we want to try to escalate his props there. But the Wizards aren't good. They're not a good basketball team. They don't know what the, they don't know what they're doing. Um, but you know, when Porzingis comes back, like maybe they'll be uh, a little bit more competitive. But for the time being, they're going to be brutal. Um, they really just only have Kyle Kuzma, uh, who's healthy and really playing at the moment. Um, now for the Mavericks, I like the Mavericks actually in the West. Like I thought they could win maybe a playoff series or two, but with this trade, like I just don't really understand what they're doing. You're running, they're going to be running out an offense. That's really like Luca Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie. And I don't know how they really improve this team. Like they're going to they're, like, they're going to have to resign Jalen Brunson. They've apparently expressed that they want to do that, but this offense that had been starting to look good. I don't understand why they just moved Porzingis in this trade. Like, I think it caps their ceiling. Like I get that they, you know, I get that they don't feel like he's the guy to pair with Luca, but at the same time, the trade that they made just now definitely did not make them better. So I, I would be fading. I'm fading the Mavs for the time being. Uh, they really just don't have the size in the interior with like, and they're leaning on Max Kleba at the center position, which is, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's good fill in. Um, and he was good backup for Porzingis or to play alongside Porzingis, but I don't like that as a long-term center option for them. So um yeah, so that's that's kind of the trade. Re- that's kind of the trade recap. And what I'll do now is I will talk about the I'll talk about the picks from the beginning of the pod. These picks I really like. The Pacers plus one and a half is against those Washington Wizards. So like the Wizards, like I said, they don't really have a team. They got rid of Montrez Harrell. They got rid of Spencer Dinwiddie. Like Kyle, or Kyle Kuzma is really their only dude there right now. And I, the Pacers are playing a lot better with Halliburton at the point. Like I get that they don't have Sabonis, but look, even on the year, they're um, they're a little bit better than Washington in terms of adjusted net rating. They're a minus 2.2. The Wizards are minus 2.6. But the players that the Wizards lost, I think, are more significant. And they didn't get the same ad like the like the Pacers did with Iris Halliburton. So if, you know, essentially I feel like I'm looking at this game, we're looking at Tyrese Halliburton versus Kyle Kuzma, and I'm going to take Tyrese Halliburton every day here. Um, plus, you know, they've been getting outstanding contributions from O'Shea Brissett, uh, Gogo Batazde is even playing good. And then like Jalen Smith, the Pacers got Jalen Smith for like nothing for, they got him for Torrey Craig, who's going to be good on the Suns. But, you know, they got a for Torrey Craig and Jalen Smith's playing great for them. Uh, so I, I really like this matchup for Indiana. And I think the plus one and a half is just the wrong number. I think the wrong team is favored here. So I'm going to be taking the Pacers plus one and a half against the Wizards. And, you know, if the line flips, you could take the money line. You could take a minus one, uh, you know, go from there. Now, for the next game, I like the Nuggets plus five and a half against the uh, Golden State Warriors. Look. The Warriors have been really good all season. And even without Draymond, they've actually been playing pretty well. But the thing is here, over the past couple weeks, 
the Nuggets have really turned it on. Uh, Denver, you know, they, they've kind of had to just deal with all these injuries and like people being in and out of the lineup. But at the end of the day, they still have the best player in the league, in my opinion, right now, who is Nikola Jokic. And it's no, it's not an affront to Embiid. It's just that what he's doing with what he's working with is insane. And actually over the last two weeks, the Nuggets, they're four and four with a plus 0.6 uh, point differential. But the big thing for that is that they're actually better than the Warriors. The Warriors are four and three, but they are minus 3.5 in terms of point differential. And the Warriors have been atrocious against the spread. They're not, they're failing to cover the spread by an average of 7.7 points over this time frame, which is second worst in the league. The only team worse than them is the Detroit Pistons, who are just a rebuild like we know that they're bad so that's that's a little bit concerning for me uh and the thing is too with golden state their defense is starting to falter and um they i think they really really are missing draymond green right now and they need him back and at first it seemed like the defense wasn't going to be a problem like they were kind of holding true but it looks like teams are being are able to exploit draymond not being there and if any team can really do that, it's going to be the Denver Nuggets and Jokic. Um, they're going to just really have to rely on Kevon Looney to stop him. And I just don't see that happening. So with five and a half points, I think that that's way too many points. And I will absolutely be taking the Nuggets plus five and a half in this game. So for my two picks for Wednesday slate, it's the Pacers plus one and a half and the Nuggets plus five and a half. Um, now let's talk about All-Star Weekend. One of the things that has been different this year is actually that they've changed some of the formats for the Rising Stars tournament. So that's going to be on Friday. And the tournament is different in the fact that, number one, it's sponsored by Clorox. So I don't get paid for that, but I'm telling you. Uh, and they've divided it into four different teams. And the teams play in like a mini tournament. So Team A will play Team B, and then Team C will play Team D. And then the winners play each other. Uh, and this is on Friday at 9 p.m. on TNT. So it looks like the first semifinal is going to be Team Isaiah versus Team Worthy. So that matchup is Team Isaiah's roster is Precious, Precious Achua, Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Jaden Hardy, and Isaiah Stewart. Team Worthy is Cole Anthony, Marjan Bouchamp, Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, Herb Jones, the boy, Tyrese Maxey, and Jalen Suggs. So the other matchup is then going to be Team Barry versus D Team Peyton. And that Team Barry is Cade Cunningham, Dyson Daniels, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Alperin Sengun, Deshaun Tate, and Franz Wagner. And then Team Peyton is LaMelo Ball, Scotty Barnes, Io DeSamu, Prop Goat. Prop Goat. Io DeSamu, he's on like the te first team all prop. We love him. Uh, then they got Chris Duarte, Scoot Henderson, Jaden McDaniels, and Davion Mitchell. So the odds for this, uh, Team Isaiah is favored. Team Isaiah is led by Desmond Bain, Anthony Edwards, Sadiq Bey, Tyrese Halliburton, and they're plus 170. Uh, Team Barry comes in second at plus 260. That's with Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. And then uh, Team Peyton is LaMelo Ball, Scotty Barnes, Io, they're at plus 300. And Team Worthy is Cole Anthony, Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, Herb Jones. Uh, they're at plus 350. So 
This is a tough one. I, I, like, I tend to lean. I, I think the way you have to look at this is look, these are pretty small rosters. So, you know, you need to look at guys that can kind of play out of position. They can play and defend multiple positions. And that's one of the concerns that I would have uh, with really with um, team Peyton, you know, you, you've got a lot of guards, like <laughs> Scotty Barnes is probably your biggest dude there. Uh, and, and, you know, they got Jaden McDaniels too, but like, they don't have that big guy. Like they don't have an Evan Mobley. They don't have a precious Achua. Uh, they don't even have like a Herb Jones. So Herb Jones is listed as like a forward. He's listed as a guard. Like he's just all over the place, but they just don't have that big dude. And I'm concerned about that. Uh, despite having LaMelo, Scotty Barnes, and Io. So I, I kind of am fading Team Peyton, especially considering that Team Peyton has to play Team Barry, who, you know, has Evan Mobley. Like they have that, they have that, you know, that bigger, that bigger player. They have him, they have Sengun. Even Franz Wagner is like a bigger player. He's a forward. He can run the point. They can you can run a lot of different lineups there. So I like, I think Team Barry is gonna beat team Peyton and make it to the finals. Now for the other matchup, you know, you've got Preston Chua, like kind of can anchor that team on the interior, but I love the fact, like you've got incredible three point shooters on this team between, and then Isaiah Stewart also free beef stew, you know, who doesn't want beef stew on their team? Um, I, I think that team Isaiah is going to be really, really good. And it makes sense that they're favored. They're plus plus one seventy, And honestly, like, Team worthy, I think, is undervalued in terms of what their odds are at plus 350. But there's just no way that I'm taking them over Team Isaiah. I think Team Isaiah is stacked. And I, I can see this team really working well together uh, with Bain, Edwards, Halliburton, you know, and Bay, Stewart. Like, you, there's some chemistry between Stewart and Bay. Like, I, I really like that team. And I think I, Team Isaiah, they're going to win this matchup. Uh, you know, Jalen Green's a chucker. Josh Giddy's a great facilitator, but you know he's going to have to line up against Halliburton and Edwards. Like that's a, that's a tough ass still. So I like that. I like that spot, and I think that Team Isaiah, like they're favored. I think that they're favored for a reason, and I like them to win this whole tournament. I think it's actually going to be kind of exciting. It might be kind of fun. Um, so I, I, if I had to spend some money here, I'm taking Team Isaiah at plus one seventy for the Rising Stars tournament. Now. I'm going to save my favorite for last because my favorite's the three-point contest. But producer Corey. Are we going to do it? We're going to do this. Oh, we're going to talk about the dunk contest. What are your thoughts? Farce. What are you, do you like? Do you like – are you going to watch the dunk contest? I feel like the dunk no, contest – No, I'm not going to watch it. And the dunk contest has been fucking ruined since Blake Griffin jumped over a Kia for a commercial deal. That was, I mean – That was the death. That was it right there. You can mark it. Celebrated every other year out of, you know, respect. It was dead then. There's been yeah. no legitimate way to score it. It's all just a fucking joke. And fuck it. I'm not watching it. No. No. Um, I might watch it just because Obi's in it. But Obi, like, yeah, just I'm going to be rooting dunks. for Obi to win this award that is next to nothing. Yeah, so like you guys might not even be able to bet on this in your state because it's like rigged basically. But the odds are look, Jalen Green is the favorite. Uh, he was the number two pick in this year's draft. He's plus 200. Obi Toppin is plus 205. New York Knickerbocker came in second last year in the dunk contest. Uh, Cole Anthony is plus 
plus 300. He's going to be in the Rising Stars game and the dunk contest this weekend. Uh, he actually won a, a dunk contest when he was in high school. Um, so that's that's something to keep in mind. And then there's Juan Toscano, and, Juan Toscano Anderson. He's plus 340. You honestly probably have no idea who this man is unless you followed me because I bet on his rebounds and assists. Sometimes it's set at 7.5, and it's an absolute lock when he gets minutes. But the thing is, he actually posterized JaVal McGee so hard that McGee signed the poster for him. <laughs> like, which is just hilarious. Like, McGee got dunked on so hard that he was like, all right, yeah, like, I, I own this. Like, you, like you, you, you got me. I'll sign this poster of you dunking on me for you. Um, so, look. I, like I'm gonna back Ovi. I do. I just really do not recommend putting money on this. I just. I think it's total sham. I agree. It's, it's just like a popularity contest. I. I think that Ovi like can win. Um. You know he he throws down some of the craziest in game dunks. You know out of out of all these guys, but he, and he's just got kind of like a flair. But I just cannot recommend betting on the dunk contest. I think it's it's like betting on the Gatorade color for the Super Bowl, except worse because there's less options. <laughs> uh, and like these odds suck. Like Obi's two to one, like the best odds you're getting are like three and a half to one barely. Um, so it's just, it's total crap shoot. Uh, you know, enjoy it if you can, um, but you, you can, can also probably watch you can literally probably watch like the whole thing in like one TikTok. So, uh, <laughs> like, like, but they're going to drag it off for two and a half that. hours. Yeah. yeah, they're going to drag it off for like two and a half hours. So, um, that's that's quite enough of that. Then the skills challenge is relatively quick. You know, you've got team rookies who is Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. They're actually the favorite in this against then it's team Cavs, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. Uh, and then it's team Antetokounmpo with the Antetokounmpo brothers, and they are plus 390. Um, this is an interesting one. I think that, honestly, team rookie is probably, like, really good, but I, I think the value on team Cavs at plus 240 is really good. And it's kind of interesting because, like, I just wouldn't bet on the rookies in this matchup, even though I think that they probably are, like, the best passers of this group in total. Uh, and part of that is because... Like I don't like I'd imagine the Anadokounmpo brothers have great chemistry, and that might be all you need for the skills competition. So I I think that it's tough to lay minus one fifty five on an all star betting prop. Like I just don't like that. Um, so you know if I'm going to take a flyer, I'm probably going to take it on the team caps at plus two forty. Um, I don't I don't really see the need to lay the juice on that too much. Um, but now we will get to my favorite contest the three-point contest and the three-point contest. I just love this. Like, yeah, I think you can actually handicap the three-point contest. And like last year, I really like Zach Levine. He's back in it this season and I don't hate him, but he's not my favorite. He's not my favorite. Corey, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you the guys that are in the contest with their odds. And you tell me who you think I'm betting on. Uh, so I'm going to read the best odds in the book, um, at least from what I have available to me right now. 
Trey Young plus 550 DraftKings, Fred Van Vliet plus 500 DraftKings, Zach Levine plus 500 FanDuel, Addy Mills plus 600 FoxBet, Luke Kennard plus 600 FanDuel, Desmond Bain plus 700 FanDuel, CJ McCollum plus 950 FanDuel, and Carl Anthony Towns plus 1100 on DraftKings. Trey Who do you think? Him. No. What? So my dude is Desmond Bain. And I'm going to explain to you why. If you look at if so one of the things that I look at here is obviously like you're looking at three point percentage and the highest the player with the highest three point percentage actually on the season is Luke Kennard. He's shooting 43% from three point range. Um, and then that's actually followed by uh, Patty Mills at 41.8% and Desmond Bain at 41.5%. Trey Young actually has the worst three-point percentage of the group at 37.5. Trey just bombs. Like he just, he, like he will shoot from the logo. And that's like part of why, like there's some, like, there, you know, he's like looked at as, and he can create his own shot. But the thing about the three-point contest, and I, I think I, I, I kind of touched on this last season when I covered this for the Action Network, and I'll, I'm going to be covering this again too. Like, there's going to be a write-up. There's going to be a props write-up. One of the things that I looked at last year was um, catch-and-shoot threes because I was like, oh, this is, like, very comparable to catch-and-shoot threes, and that's something that Zach Levine is excellent at. But I've kind of changed my opinion a little bit, and that's after speaking with some of the people uh, – from there and like this is the three-point contest is more of a handoff three like that's really what the play is because like if you think about it you're standing at the spot you're turning you're getting the ball off the rack which is more comparable to a handoff and then you're shooting so the way that i looked at this and the way i tried to handicap the three-point contest is i looked at not only the players handoff field goal percentages, but also the frequency at which they take that shot. So this is a shot that they're not going to be comfortable with and a shot that they, you know, they shoot well with and well at. So like a guy like Trey Young, for example, um, he shoots 38.6% on handoffs, but only takes those on 4.1% of his shots. So that's not like an ultra high frequency. I'm kind of out on it. He actually, aside from Carl Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns is interesting because he has the second best shooting percentage on handoffs, but he only takes them at 2.2% frequency, which makes sense because he's a big. So like, I think that anything with anything with the data around Towns, you really have to take it with a grain of salt because he only is taking um, Towns is only taking, uh, he's taking 5.13s per game and he's making 2.1 of them, but they're really going to be more, they're more like spot up shots. They're not this type of handoff shot. He's not the one that's doing that. He's really just kind of getting, and the thing is like, you want Towns to take that shot. If you're an opposing defense, like rather than attacking you in the paint. Um, so that, that, that's one of the things that I don't like about Towns here. Um, but I do, obviously I do like his odds. 11 to one is, is kind of nice for a guy that shoots, uh, that well from three point range. Um, but the guy that I really like, and like I said, and I said this before is Desmond Bain. So the three players that shoot this type of shot the most are Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, and Desmond Bain. Patty Mills takes this type of shot on 16.8% of his, of his, uh, field goal attempts. And he may, and he shoots 42.9% on those. 
Then you have Luke Kennard, 15.1% of his shots and shoots 38%. So I don't like that because that's actually a downturn from what he actually shoots. His three-point percentage is 43%. But then if you look at Desmond Bain, you see a significant uptick because he takes these on 12.7% of his shots, but he's making them at 45.6%, which he was already shooting 41.5%. This is an uptick, and it's actually closer almost to his overall field goal percentage. So I think that Desmond Bain is going to be able to, you know, especially at the odds, like you're getting him at seven to one. Um, He's somebody that I really want to key in on. And if I'm sprinkling multiple players, I'm probably looking at Desmond Bain. And I'm also looking at, uh, you know, at Patty Mills, just based on their shot profile, the way that they, you know, the way that they take shots and, uh, and their shooting percentage there. So the other thing that I wanted to mention is about Zach Levine. I like Levine. Um, he shoots excellent from this on this type of shot, 42.3%. He's a great three-point shooter, shooting nearly 40%. And I liked him last year. I still like him this year. The concern that I have with Levine is that he's missing time with an injury, and the injury is dealing with his knee. So doing this type of repetitive motion, I don't like this idea. I don't think that he's going to be able to get enough practice in before. I think he might be a little rusty and especially at five to one odds. I like, I hate this bet. Um, so I would definitely stay away from Levine. And then I just don't think that the juice is worth the squeeze with Van Vliet and Trey young, uh, considering that, you know, Trey like, isn't really a great handoff shooter. And like even Fred Van Vliet shoots, uh, just, you know, a little bit below 40% uh, on handoff. So I, I really like Desmond Bain at this at plus 700, and he's my best bet to win the three-point contest. All right, so before we get out of here, producer Corey, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Joe. How about you? We're hanging in there, you know, living the dream, something like that. Um, but, uh, well, we're going to bring it back to pods and recs and Corey, do you have any recommendations for everybody? Aside from recommending our discord, uh, which yes. will make you money on the daily with very little effort. Um, what the hell did I just watch? Oh, hang on. Okay. So Oscar noms came out. Obviously I have some work to do. I have not okay. watched all of the best picture noms yet. However, I began my journey Saturday morning, um, and I watched, hang on one second, uh, Power of the Dog. It's like a Western. What? did not see where it was going until the very end. A lot of twists and turns. You think you're being clever the whole time? You're like, oh, I picked up on this. I get this. Eh, wrong. It was awesome. No. Uh, I, I thought like for an hour and a half, I was like, this movie's so overhyped, a lot of big names in it, whatever. Nah, it was worth it. Go see it. It's on Netflix. What do I mean? Go see it. Turn your TV on. Losers. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. It's very good. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to recommend, uh, withdrawing some of your money from Super Bowl winnings. Um, you know, I'd imagine that you won because, you know, on the odds cast, when we were RIP, the odds cast, we gave out the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl. And we said to use one of the draft or the, uh, either the Caesars promo or the FanDuel promo to bet on them. And it was a $50 bet. So it was like 15 to one odds. That's like an $800 payout, you know, 
take take a little bit of that money, withdraw it, put it in your bank account. Don't go crazy. Uh, you know, count, count your winnings a little bit, you know, take those winnings. So it's always good to take profits, especially in this market. Now, the other thing that I'm going to tell you is like, just don't, I'm going to recommend, I want to recommend a soup. <laughs> I, I recommend, I'm always just recommending split pea soup. Um, split pea soup, I think is an elite soup. And you can put croutons in it. You could put crackers in it. You could go oyster cracker. You could go saltine, what have you. I recommend croutons. I think that that's the best compliment for a split pea soup. I don't, I don't really like the ones with ham in it, like the little bits of ham. I just want straight peas. But, you know, split pea soup, I think it's a very underrated soup. It's a hearty soup. And, you know, you, you do feel a little full after it. So I'm going to recommend that. And then additionally... What I'm going to recommend is scarves. <laughs> That's really it. I just was cold on my way to my car today. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I want to recommend soup and scarves. <laughs> I'd like to recommend lighter fluid and some charcoal. <laughs> I'm not cold at all. <laughs> Joe's cold, everyone. He recommends you stay warm inside and out. Yeah, I recommend you stay warm. Um, so there's that. And, you know, I just recommend that you enjoy life and enjoy this pod and God bless, you know. So, you know, I, let's let's cash some of these picks. Let's get it. Let's have a good time with the NBA as we hit the all-star break. Let's enjoy these all-star game picks and let's cash that.
you closer. 